as Ben Troop scurries out of the studio. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's fair. I don't know if Ben could ever be described as scurrying at that size. I don't think that's possible. Like Ben, like Ben Troop scurrying. Is that allowed? Shuffle maybe might have been a better definition. Like he's allowed to try. That's fine. Like but in, in the terms of movements happen. that describe Ben Troop, no, I don't believe shuffle or I don't believe scurry can be applied to him. Right. Like a bear never scurries. No, no, no. And no. being the fact that that man is roughly the size of a Kodiak bear, don't think he's allowed to scurry. I think there's like a bear like charging you, right? And then it there's just a slower charge. Okay. So that was just kind of like a slow charge to to the outside of the room. That's what that was. That was like that was one of those situations where like he just ran into the studio, grabbed something and ran out and it was like if you were like on a hike and a bear just ran <laughs> up to you real quick and then ran away from you. Like that's the fight or flight kicked in. I'm over here pinned in a corner. There's nowhere for me to go. Obviously, I have to fight my way out. Would I have died? More likely than not. Right? But it's More just likely gone. than not. And that's the great thing is both the bear and Ben probably were like, you know what? I'm trying to not be noticed here. I'm not trying to cause a problem. And now we're talking about it. So, like, just like a bit, just like a bear, like, we'll try it. Listen, I'm just trying to eat your sandwich here that's on the picnic table. Just let me eat it and then leave. And, like, I know I'm not going to make it. And I've had multiple <laughs> coaches confirm this to me. Like, I asked Clay Helton about it. I was like, if I tried to tackle Ben Troop in the open field, can it happen? And he said, no. And yeah, I'm not a small no. person. Right. No, not at all. I'm not. And I like to think I'm relatively in shape. Uh, I was going to say, you're yeah. someone also with experience. Yeah, so it's like, not like you're, you know, just walking on. Relatively the... in shape. Yeah. He's just a different kind of human being. Insanely true. I thought you were about to tell me something very different. What? I thought you were about to tell me that, like, maybe off air or whatever, that you ask some of these football coaches or all these football coaches you said, Something about bears, yeah. Because the, that's that's where the convert. So like, I thought you were about to be like, "What me against a bear? What would yeah. that be like?" Clay Helton. Maybe that should be your next conversation. Listen, you never know. But again, Ben Troop shuffling out of here, trying his best, just in and out as as quick and as mischievous as a man that size can be. Get out. Listen, they're different kinds of like they're different species. I've I've told people many times. You can't appreciate how fast and how big these human beings are unless you go watch them in person. And I'm not talking about in the stadium yeah. because that's also like you're sitting up above them. And speaking of stadiums, we're going to talk about uh, something from Shane Beamer here in a little bit. But uh, sitting up in a stadium, you can't appreciate how big and fast these dudes are. Right. I, I encourage anyone who has the opportunity just to go down and stand on the sideline during your high school varsity football game. Like, go watch a 6A or a 7A game and mm -hmm. listen to those collisions. Yeah. Yep. And think about how bad that would hurt. Like, people were paid money to tackle the man that just ran out of the studio. Yeah. There's a reason they get paid a lot, because that bleep looks like it hurts. Right. I'll say it's it's kind of hilarious, like, just, just thinking, because you brought up, like, you know, some of these some of these high school football players, man, and... Honestly, as someone who's who's been on the field taking pictures like and, th and things like that while a live game is going on, and you're just walking around, and some of these kids are just like straight, like they're not, they're like juniors, seniors, just obviously been in weight training for years. They're freaking yoked up. They're yeah. huge, right? And then like they take off their helmet, and they're like, "Man, you look like you're 12." 
But like, I'll tell you, you just, know, you, they're you, just giant. You, you know, when know, you feel like, it, you'd get destroyed if you tried to like if they if they tried to tackle you or something like yeah. that, right? But you know, when you really feel it, and then this is just a me thing. Like I said, I'm not a small person. I'm six feet tall. I weigh over 200 pounds. Yeah, I'm not a small person. No. But when I see a high schooler with arms that are bigger than my legs, it's ridiculous. It makes me question a lot of things. Very, very true. Very and, true. Very. And so much Ben, so. I feel like if he wanted to, he could just like pick me up and pull me in half. Yeah. There's a reason going back to like there, there, there's a reason why you see highlights of like news reporters and things like that jumping out of the way of of tackles. Or if they don't, it's rough. Exactly. There's a reason for that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like a byproduct. That's not even someone actually trying to tackle you or vice versa. So breaking down really important things Goodness here gracious. today. Football players are big. <laughs> <laughs> Groundbreaking stuff here today on second down. Uh, I do want to start somewhere weird, PJ, if that's okay. Not that we, like, we haven't already started yeah, somewhere weird, we but I want to transition to another weird place. I'm not getting back on track. I'm uh, just talking strictly college football today. As we should. Uh, I'm excited about the NFL this year. Okay. Now, I know that's kind of underwhelming for a lot of people. I was going to say, how weird is that? The NFL is usually like the, the palate cleanser for me after college football. Not that my palate needs to be cleansed, but it's just like you're going like <laughs> – you're going like face first into college football for yeah. like 16 hours mm-hmm. on a Saturday. And then you need something to kind of just decompress with. And that's typically what the NFL is to me. I am nowhere near as emotionally involved in the NFL as I am in college football. Like I care so much more about what happens in the Egg Bowl than I care about even the Super Bowl. Yep. Right? But I'm legitimately excited for the NFL this season because I feel like there are a lot of teams that have kind of been middling teams that are due to either be really good or crushingly disappointing. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited about that. And also, I think what a lot of this is, is Matt Ryan's gone. And I, I'm i not saying that because I wanted Matt Ryan to be gone. He's in a better place. Right. Like, okay. so much better than Atlanta. And obviously, I'd still want him here. But gone is any sort of hope for me to think that maybe, just maybe... Matty Ice, because he's so damn good, can carry this team to seven, eight wins. Maybe. Right? So, like, so something where I'm actually emotionally invested in. Maybe not Matty Ice. Maybe, maybe Marky Ice can do that for you. Mar- Marky Ice is what we're going with? You guys are sleeping on Marcus Mariota. Look, no, I'm, hope, just I I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I hope Marcus Mariota has a great year. Yeah, yeah, no, please continue. But your I am point. not emotionally joking. invested in the Falcons this year. Right. And so with that, I think that the league's in a relatively healthy place. I mean, just so long as you don't look at the Deshaun Watson situation, uh, which of course. do you think he's going to play tonight? I hope not. Because as of right now, he's slated to start. Uh, I, I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. Um, and then the I'm, NFL's I'm sure waiting for their appeal to come down. Yeah, He'll probably play all four, se- all, all four preseason games. And then everything will go well, into Well, so no, effect. I think the rule is no. once he, like, while the appeal's happening, he's not suspended. But as soon as the final verdict comes down, even if it's in the preseason, he has to stop until. Because I think, I think you still get paid for preseason. So do you think if the appeal is still going on, start of the season, you think he starts? I, yeah, I mean, because it's not like, like I'm college. I'm sure it'll be. It's not like, like college football, or... like, where you hold a guy out because he could be ineligible. It's sure. as the appeal's going. It's like, yeah, I think until the final verdict comes down, I believe he would still be able to play. I think, like, there's no doubt he gives you the best chance to win. Is there I, any way I think the appeal takes that long? Absolutely not. Right. I, I completely agree. I just, I, I was thinking that more in a sense of, like, you start your first game with one quarterback and then the appeal finally goes through and then you, you 
you just take him out of the system. Sure. So it'd be odd to start a season like that, but this is not a good situation but either no, way. I, but may, anyway. Maybe I'm just falling for the trap of optimism, and again, let's just not look at the Cleveland Browns because... Yeah, right, no. I've spent enough time there, and it just... It, it's gross. But uh, in terms of like optimism, right? I, I look around the league and I'm like, more so than in previous years, I feel like there's a lot of teams who, even if they don't have a chance to win the Super Bowl, have a chance to be fun, right? Like I'm looking at the New York Giants. And they got Brian Dayball up there now as the head coach. And I watched last night, Daniel Jones, Saquon, like that offense actually looked like it had an identity. Like they moved the ball down the field. That wasn't a terribly unfun team to watch. And their defense is really fun as well. Uh, New England, Mac Jones, we've heard the reports. My man went from... Mac Jones looking a little little chubby there. They say he got rid of the flab. He's ready to rock. And Bill Belichick said there's been a big jump forward. Uh, you know who potentially their offensive coordinator is going to be? Matt Patricia. Wow. It's kind of like it's kind of yeah. ethereal right now. Don't know really who's calling plays. That is kind of interesting. Yeah. yeah. But Matt Patricia. How how? Yeah, we don't have to yeah. dive into the nitty gritty of it. Uh, but <laughs> with like with the local teams, right? The Falcons. It's it is what it is. This is the last year where you're sitting on the Julio Jones and the Matt Ryan contracts. Next year, you have a relatively solid base of young guys, and then you're gonna have a crap ton of money next year, mm -hmm. right? So Matt Ryan has gone on to the Colts. So gone is any sort of maybe Matt with the fact that Matt Ryan's there, we give it nope gone. Right. And again, I know you love your boy Marcus Mariota, but there's no emotional ties to it. So it feels like yeah. the the new start for the Falcons has finally happened. Sure. And with the Colts, it's a damn good team. And now they got Matt Ryan. That, I think, is going to be a fun team to watch. Can the Bengals bring it back another year? They went out, got some offensive linemen uh, to solidify that core. Can Joe Burrow and them guys kind of recapture that magic they found at the end of the year or even kind of second half of the AFC championship Yeah, and bounce back? What does Patrick Mahomes look like without Tyreek Hill? Like, I think there's a lot of really fun storylines. Jacksonville. We're they gonna, tried. No, well, we're gonna yeah. get to, yeah, we're gonna get to see Travis Etienne for the first time. Right. Right. Finally, Trevor Lawrence with an NFL coach for the first time. Mm -hmm. The defense with Josh Allen and Trevon Walker and some other really good players on it. I'm excited about that. Well, Even, and, like, and and I say they tried because yeah. think of, I know it wasn't we talked about this when it happened, but they actually went out in free free agency and spent some money. Because they had a lot of money to spend. Yeah, and yeah. they didn't bring in, you know, the top five, one of the top five receivers in the NFL, but they went out and got some weapons. Yeah. So that's why I say, like, they tried, and and now it's going to be really fun to see if it pans out or if it doesn't. But yeah, Baker Mayfield in Carolina. Yeah. I think that could be a lot of fun. That secondary is filthy, and their defensive line's not bad. If Baker Mayfield could be what he, like, was for a few games with the Browns, yep. where it's like, hey, that's a pretty good NFL quarterback right there. And he's fun and he's spunky. I think Carolina could be pretty okay. And it could be at least an entertaining team to watch. That's kind of what I'm going for. Don't watch Seattle at all this year. Like, just for your mental health, don't watch the Drew Locke experiment going on don't do it. Uh, with Seattle. Pittsburgh. <laughs> Who knows, man? Maybe. Yeah. But if anything, the George Pickens highlights have been fun as hell coming out True. of Steelers camp. So you got that going for you. You're telling me there's a chance. That's really the Pittsburgh yeah, Steelers yeah, this year. Exactly. Yeah. And then uh, Miami, fastest team in football, right? Yeah. You go out, you get Tyree Kill, you draft Jalen Waddle last year, dude's a burner. You signed Raheem Mostert this offseason. He mm -hmm. was actually the fastest guy on their team when they measured him in camp. It's crazy. So it's yeah. it's just nothing but speed down there. So if Tua can step up, that could be a really fun team. And that defensive line, that front seven is like legitimately good. Not me being like, oh, they could be no, like go look at the stats <laughs> from last year. That team is legitimately good. 
So there's just there's so many fun teams around the league. Uh, Denver with Russell Wilson, were they just a quarterback away? They got they have a ton of wide they receivers. They got a ton of wide receivers. Yeah. Bradley Chubb's still out there tearing people up. Like that could be a really fun team. I hope I hope for my man Cody that the sure. Broncos go out there Agreed. and do something fun. So it's uh and I'll say this. To pull a Cody, I'm a Falcons fan. Oh no. I think I'm gonna be an Eagles supporter this year. Wow. How how I just has got an, this I just got an oh my god from Kevin. That's how you happened? know it's good. Well listen. If the Falcons play, I'm going full well, Cody I know here. How it's I'm happened, going but... full Cody here. If the Falcons play the Eagles, obviously I'm pulling for the Falcons. Oh my gosh! But with the guys that they drafted, Jordan Davis, Nicobe Dean, that's going to be fun to watch. Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox are two of my favorite players in the NFL. Like, full stop. Offensively, you got Devonta Smith, and you got maybe my, one of my top five college quarterbacks ever in terms of just favorite to watch, they have Jalen Hurts as their starting quarterback. I know what's happening here. What? Cody, what have you done with Christian? <laughs> no, where's he at? I've been body like, like, no, Yeah, like Cody, I, I know you've done some weird things, and yeah. now you've obviously figured out how to do this. Where's well, the just, real Christian? I just... No, I'm just kidding. And listen, I, I don't love their, their coaching staff with the Eagles, but, I mean, the dudes know how to draft. And yeah, at I, least. I hope Jalen Hurts works for the simple fact that I believe a dude that can win, can win at, at Alabama, yeah, can win in the NFL. Right, and it's just you've never really seen the guy like Jalen Hurts get that chance before. And they were like, "Well, I mean, he was at Alabama and he went to the college football playoff every time, played within a snap of beating Deshaun Watson as a true freshman in the national championship game. Then after that, took his team back to the SEC or back to the national championship, mm-hmm. I should say. And you lose to or you lose out your spot to Tua." who comes in in the second half, when you kept your team right there, it's not like you were getting blown out. Yeah. You kept your team right there in the national championship, then Tua comes back and, and leads it. The next year, you kind of sit on the bench the whole time, but when your team needs you against that same Georgia team, you come in and dominate against them. Like, And then you go to Oklahoma and I think finish second in the Heisman voting Yeah, and make it to the college football playoff where you get eviscerated by Joe Burrow, but everybody got eviscerated by Joe Burrow that year. Yep. So I think they looked at him and they were like, okay, hey, dude, won, and then he won, and then he won. And then he transferred, and he won, mm-hmm. and he won, and he won. Yeah. Well, let's give him a shot. Nobody else wants to draft him. We'll take a shot on him. Oh, holy crap, he's our starting quarterback, and he wins. And yeah, how about that? Dude's built like a brick bleep house, like yep. stud. So I, I just like the fact that they gave him a chance. Like, dude, to win in college. You know what I think is funny to watch? Watch Bailey Zapp at New England. Right. If you don't know who he is, uh, you should if you're a Georgia Southern fan. Because your offense coordinator, Brian Ellis, was his offense coordinator last year at Western Kentucky, and the dude set the FBS single season record for touchdown passes and can sling it. So yeah. I like I, I like what New England did, which is I'll give that guy a shot. Why not? Let's yeah. see what he can do. Of course, Brian Hoyer's still there. I don't know. Because he's gonna be there till the end of time. Like when the nuclear apocalypse happens, it's gonna be cockroaches and Brian Hoyer in New England. In New England. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm just I'm excited because there's parity, I believe, in the NFL this year. I Aaron so Rodgers too. lost his best yeah. threat. Right. Right? They're, they're, uh, the Rams, can they do it back-to-back years? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. It's so hard in the NFL. Yeah. Right? And then, again, Patrick Mahomes without his X factor. Right. Can McCall Hardman step up there? I'm, just, I'm looking around the NFL. There's parity, but also in that second tier, I think it's just fun. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And you say all this without even... Really mentioning the the calling card that everyone's going to, I feel like this this off season, and that's the AFC West. 
Yeah. Right? Just the AFC West as a whole is going to be entertaining enough. But then you branch out and you look at all, all, the, other, all the other teams around the league. And, yeah, you're right. I, I can't think, other than, of course, the whole Cleveland thing, like this was also one of the rare seasons that I look back and I can't really pinpoint any insanely just really bad moves this offseason that teams have made. It seems like so many teams have made their team better yeah. and more competitive. And, of course, it's got to work out on the field. But it, it's going to be great to see. And it's it, like you said, it brings the excitement back to the NFL. I don't think, no, I don't think every team's going to be, what is it now? Uh, it can't be 8-8. Eight and eight. I don't think every team's going to be 9-8. and eight, Sure. Right? But I do think, like you said, there, there is going to be a lot of parity. It is going to be fun to see which teams work out and which ones don't. Yeah. And I think you got some really Hell, I mean, fun we didn't, experience. We didn't even mention Buffalo or Tampa Bay in that. And like both those teams are going to be. You have yeah. Julio Jones playing with freaking Tom Brady, right? You right. know how much that hurts my heart, but I'm also excited to see it. Yeah, it's crazy. And you brought up like, you brought up the Chiefs. Juju Smith Schuster's out there, yeah. and and you know it's the jury's out on how good he what still is. The t- is t- what's but- the TikTok life like in Kansas City compared? Yeah, I don't know, and I don't want to know. Like, I can't wait to see them on the field. Everything off the field, I don't want to be anywhere near the Chiefs. Because you got, like, there's so many different weird situations there with social media on the Chiefs team that you just just don't want to know about. But (laughs) you you don't, I mean, do you say all this, like you said, we didn't really talk about the Bills a whole lot. Did you see the other day? There's there's two guys that are sitting out there, yeah, waiting to get signed or waiting to agree to a deal. OBJ and Von Miller, and they're joking about going to the Bills. It'd be awesome. It's like, dude, can I can I say this? And it's I had given up on hard knocks for the past like five seasons, right? Dan Campbell, I'm back. Yeah, yeah. I would go play for that dude right now, like obviously because of the money, but like, <laughs> of course, I'd play for him for free. No, I'll kill. If he needed a blocking pad at practice, okay, all right. If he's like Penny Sewell needs something to hit, and Dan Campbell asked me to do it, I'm there. I thought he was cheesy as hell during his opening press conference. That's the first thing I was going to say. It was a little over the top, but watching him actually go through it, and listen, do I do I understand what he meant when he said we'll kick your butt even if you only have three fingers and one butt cheek? Like no, but it got me fired up. (laughs) (laughs) Just watching him at you. You can see like an emotional connection to his team and to winning to getting better. Yeah. Like it honest to God, and I say this in the most loving way possible, it feels like a high school coach talking to his team. Right. Whereas like you get a lot of NFL coaches now, and there's like this rash of I won't say it's a bad thing, but it's like the buddy buddy coaches like Sean McVay dapping people up and like, mm-hmm. hey, we're getting fired up. That's my that's my G right there. Hey, that's my guy. You're yeah. older than me. This is kind of weird. I'm your head coach. Like dapping people up. And then you have like the pros who are out there, like, hey, I'm an executive. Uh, I'm here to cut you or to sign you, and I am here to win football games. Dan Campbell feels like a damn high school coach. Yeah. And it's it's really cool to see. Like, dude's doing up-downs right. with his team. Like, 35 of them. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and like you said, I do like that that analysis, though, too, is there's so many different – not really. There's, like, two or three different styles of head coach in the NFL, yeah. and it seems like they're kind of worn down, and, and Dan Campbell seems like a coach coach. Like – he he seems like a one that wants to build that passion and that that kind yeah. of a camaraderie with his players. And think about it too, kind of like you said, the initial press conference I thought was cheesy. I was like, all right, let's see if he backs it up, and he did. He has backed it up through thick and thin, yeah. like through good things and terrible things in that Detroit mm-hmm. area. Like you got to remember, 
terrible things in that Detroit yeah. area in the past year and a half, which also, by the way, he handled with, I feel like, the utmost respect and, and you know, heart as well, as much as an NFL coach can. So, no, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I appreciate his, uh, his coaching up. He got me to buy back in on hard knocks, and that sure. I didn't think that was going to happen. I thought that thing was slowly dying, but he's he's got me fired up. I guess the best way I could put it is he seems like he'd be the same guy whether or not he was coaching peewee to middle school to high school to college to the NFL. He seemed like he would be the same level of energy, same guy every single time. So hard knocks had me back in, and I, again, like I said, I'm excited to watch the Detroit Lions. Weird it's to weird. say, but I agree. It's weird, and maybe like, even with Jared Goff yeah. as their quarterback. Maybe, yeah, I was about to say, after like the first <laughs> week when I watched Jared Goff do his thing, I'll be like, oh, okay, maybe not anymore. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the defense seems fun. You got DeAndre Swift toting the rock. Like, it could be a relatively fun team. Uh, I'll give you, let's say, four teams to not watch. We mentioned Seattle. I'm going to mm-hmm. throw the Falcons in there. Like, I love the Atlanta Falcons. If you care about your sanity and, like, actually watching good football, don't. Uh, I'll put the New York Jets in there as well, and then the Houston Texans. Yeah, no one wants to watch. I'm sorry. Even yeah. if he wins like eight or nine games, no one wants to watch Davis Mills. And then just don't watch the Browns out of principle. Yeah, sure. No, I, I'd agree with you there. Um, I Yeah, I'd agree with you on most of those. I want to see what happens with the Falcons, even if it's just for one or two games. Listen, you just love Marcus. I do, for sure. And I got to watch for those. I'm not, uni- not going to watch those, those throwback uniforms. But man. I'm just saying, because I you know for work, but. Sure. Don't if you're just a passive bystander. I can see that. We got to take a break. We'll come back with more. This is second down on ESPN Radio. We do have some breaking news to get through out of Athens. This is second down on ESPN Radio, presented to you by the Uniform Source. Christian Gokel alongside PJ Zuko. Uh, Georgia going to be down a wide receiver for a little while as Arian Smith will have to undergo ankle surgery uh, based off of an injury that he received yesterday. Uh, he's going to miss time. We don't know how long, but it occurred during Thursday's practice. Uh, and as I said, unknown how long he's going to be out. And I think that's a pretty huge injury for a couple of reasons. Number one, he seemed like he was poised to step up into a role that Jermaine Burton had kind of filled last year, which is if somebody's going to take the top off the defense, it's going to be this guy. But the other side of it is kind of disappointing because dude's been just riddled with injuries. And that was the concern about him coming in from high school because majority or yeah kind of skewed more towards a track guy than a football guy and it was hey can he stay healthy in an in an SEC team right playing that full SEC schedule going through an SEC camp and he just has not been able to do so yet yeah and so just a blow to Georgia's wide receiver and corpse but I I think it's interesting so number one do you think that has a huge effect on the season because to me hasn't really been available throughout his career when he's there, it's great. He had the big catch against Missouri a couple years ago. He just eviscerated South Carolina. But outside of that, just pretty inconsistent with his availability. So I don't feel like it's a huge blow, more disappointing. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'd agree with you there. I feel like if if you're the coaching staff, and this is, this is a bummer that you kind of have to say this about a guy, especially when it's not really his control, but I, I feel like that's a guy that you look at and you say, man, it'd be incredible if we had him. We can use him in so many different ways if we can get him on the field, but you don't, I don't know if you count on that. You know what I mean? I don't know if you specifically plan things for for him like he's going to be available every single game. And that's just because of the history. And uh, like I said, is that what you want to say about a guy? Of course not. But 
uh, because you want to be able to count on, you know, whoever you can, especially, you know, between the lines. But, like, man, sadly, you, you just, when you have recurring injuries and things like this and themes that keep popping up, you, you just can't. Yeah. You just can't plan on it. So, um, yeah, uh, at the end of the day, probably not the, the biggest blow in the world, I feel like, for a lot of fans. Uh, I, I remember uh, having comments and a caller saying earlier this offseason, you know, to Arian Smith, it's a guy to, that, that's going to, you know, take up that mantle as George's next big wide receiver, and you hope that he'd be available to do so. But uh, hopefully this isn't well, too long, but, I mean, surgery, surgery. I think surgery, you were kind right? of, like, so. touching around it, which is coaches eventually get a mindset about you, and if you're not right. available, they don't start planning based on you. Right. It'd be great if we have you, but based off the two prior years, so I think I just want to get this right. Uh, yeah, Connor Riley uh, kind of updated it on Dog Nation. So as a freshman, knee surgery limited him to just four games. And then last, and that was the COVID year. Right. And then last year, played up until the Missouri game where he got hurt. And so he missed the rest of it. So all told, he's played a total of eight games yeah. in two years. Yeah. So you and, just don't know how much you can factor that person in. So I think, again, I don't want to speak for Todd Munkin here, but you're basically you're not building the same kind of packages around him as you would for a Brock Bowers. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like I know this guy's gonna be available and I have I do have depth in the tight end room, but so far I've been able to count on this guy for as many snaps as I need him. I'm gonna rely on this guy. Yeah. Guy like Arian Smith, again it's not his fault, but you just haven't been available. I know it's Cody's favorite saying. The best ability is availability, and he, right. just, he, he has not been available. But I do think it brings us to an interesting point because Todd Munkin uh, spoke to the media, and a ton of stories have been coming out of it because he had a good long conversation and, and touched on a lot of things. The biggest proponent was he's like, I'm not here to protect the defense. I'm here to score points because mm-hmm. that's been the narrative coming out about this offense is, oh, it's a young defense. That offense is going to have to put them in good positions and 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 eat up some clock and, and let them rest. He's like, that's not what I'm here for. He's like, when Kirby and I meet, it's about how can we put up as many points as possible and play quality football. So there is a caveat to it, right? It's not just like pedal to the metal, we're throwing 80 times a game trying to put up a bunch of points. They want to play good fundamental football, but in the back of Todd Munkin's mind is not, oh, wow, well, the defense, that was a, they were just out there for seven plays, so we really got to keep them on the sideline here for a little bit. Can't go three and out. Like, no, he's going to call the plays that he feels like has the best chance to get his offensive rhythm and put up points. So I thought that was interesting, but we kind of talked about this last week. Going back and watching the Clemson game from the beginning of last year, three wideouts, one tight end. Four wideouts, JT Daniels, quick outs, just a lot of two wide deuces, whatever you want to call it, right? where you spread the field out and then it was quick kind of West Coast style passing. Whereas go watch the national championship and go watch the game against Oregon. Yeah. Three tights. Right? One wide receiver on the field with a running back. And they just they blasted Alabama in the fourth quarter. They always talk about uh, how Georgia and uh, Nick Nick Saban said it to Kirby Smart. Like you guys kicked our ass in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. But what they did is they went three tight and started running counters yeah. against them and Alabama had nothing for it. And they were able to move down the field and set up that Brock Bowers touchdown. So going into this year with a tight end room as deep as it is, you lose Fitzpatrick, who was kind of your big-time blocking tight end last year, but you still have Darnell Washington, Eric Gilbert, and Brock Bowers. I'm not overly concerned about the wide receiver room. I think A.D. Mitchell's a stud, but you have Dominic Laylock back. If Ladd McConkie can continue his upward trajectory, he's going to be a threat, right? And for as small as that dude is, 
He is fast as hell, but he's been able to break some tackles too. Think back to the SEC championship where he scored that touchdown. So yeah. I'm not overly concerned about the depth of this team at that wide receiver group. And maybe that does end up hurting you in recruiting wide receivers. That's a whole nother conversation that we can have. But in terms of going into 2022, if there's a position group to be worried about, I don't know that that's it. Yeah. And what's funny is you go down that list. I, I know it's an attractive thing to talk about and, and to speculate on. It's a lot like a quarterback that, you know, is, is being doubted, right? That's just what everyone flocks to. Um, and, and this is another one where a star wide receiver moves on for one way or another. Yeah. And the conversation, well, who's going to fill that hole? Two who's going to be that guy, right? Yeah. And you go down the list to, to a certain extent. I feel like a lot this offseason, it's been like, man, well, we got this guy and this guy and this guy coming in. Who's doing this? And every time I hear people list off the names of wide receivers that Georgia has, it's like, well, each one of them have stepped up big for, for Georgia in the past. Like, each one of them have had some some big plays for Georgia in the past. So, like I said, I, I'm not insanely worried about, like, the, the one or two deep when it comes to the wide receivers with, with Georgia because, first of all, like you said, they were at their best when they didn't necessarily have to rely on the wide receivers a whole lot. Now, of course, they made some big plays. AD Mitchell in the national championship made, made some huge plays, uh, but you didn't have to rely on them for, for that whole game. So I think, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm kind of right there with you. I think there's, there's, you have the guys there that you need. You don't need to also overuse them or, or wholeheartedly rely on them to be the whole functioning heartbeat of your offense, I don't feel like uh, they can certainly be a part of it, and they can make some big plays. They can bust over the top, and that's where you would hope uh, Smith would be. But at the end of the day, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's something that's going to make or break your season. I guess uh, to the point I'm trying to make here is if Tyler Harold, the Louisville transfer to Alabama, if you heard a report because he's kind of in that same spot that Aaron Smith was in, which is you're going to be the guy that takes the top off the defense. You got yeah. Jermaine Burton and your Corey Brooks, who are both those solid outside wide receivers, but then that slot where you've seen the Jalen Waddles play the past few years, or Jamison Williams last year, yeah. that slot spot, he, if he went down, and I hate like putting philosophical or theoretical injuries on people, but if sure. he went down, I feel like that's a front page of ESPN.com storyline. Like Alabama, yeah. with that offense, just lost their over-the-top threat. Yeah, just with the style of offense Georgia runs, it's not overly a huge deal. Right, right. And with the fact that they put so much emphasis on that tight end room, it's not overly a huge deal. Yeah, no, agreed. Uh, it's a lot like that's kind of how I view. It's funny you bring up Alabama because Alabama and and like Ohio State's offenses are something that it's crazy. You look at all the different weapons they have and how they spread you out and how they can go anywhere at any point and make you look silly. But the thing is, those all work together yeah. to become one unstoppable force that you can't really find a defender for because you have so many different guys to defend. But if one of those guys goes down, it becomes a little bit more easy. Yeah, I mean, right? it, so yeah. that, that's well, kind of how you saw it in the national championship. Alabama with their top two receivers and Mechie and Williams, when they're on the field, they're unstoppable. Yeah, we saw it in the SEC championship. You, you, right. you cannot stop them. And then Mechie goes down, and they're a little bit more stoppable. Yep. And then Williams went down, and they had their lowest point totals of the year when they scored 18 against Georgia. Right. So it's that offense, is it just flows through that wide receiver position so much more than the one coming out of Athens. And 
Again, is it based off of who you've recruited and, and who you got in the house? Yeah, probably. Because you got the best tight end room, and then you have a pretty okay wide receiver room. Sure. So it's just it's how you call your plays. But, again, Arian Smith going down, uh, going to miss more time. We don't know how long uh, until he gets back from the ankle injury, and obviously he's a big piece if you do get him back. But I just don't think this changes anything in what Georgia was trying to do. Right. So, Agreed. news coming out of Athens. Yeah. I do want to take a break. I want to come back. Uh, Shane Beamer did something pretty cool. Uh, with his team at South Carolina. I want to play the audio of that next. This is second down on ESPN Radio. More dancing. Second down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Christian Gokel alongside PJ Zuko. Just a couple weeks away from the start of college football. We get that big week zero Vandy at Hawaii. Woo. Clark Lee told us during SEC Media Days that he's taking the boys out there a full week ahead of time. Listen. You gotta get acclimated, right? It's like going to Denver. You gotta go there, and get acclimated, right? That's very true. Like I'll, I'll yeah. From, As he's selling that to the budget department, yeah. he's like, "Hey, listen, listen, this is huge. Yep. If we're gonna win a game this year, this might be it. <laughs> <laughs> so I need to get the boys acclimated. But we're also in the middle <laughs> of fall camp here, and a bunch of second-year coaches coming in, looking to elevate their program from years prior. Shane Beamer. Uh, one of those here, and a guy that I really like, PJ kind of thinks he's a little bit gimmicky with some of the Listen. stuff he does on social, but I'm going to try to change PJ's mind. It's one thing, man. I'm going to try to change PJ's mind here because I thought they did something cool uh, with a video they posted today. I'm going to play some of the audio from it. It's a three-minute video, but we're going to fast-forward a little bit uh, into it. But uh, just to catch you up on where you're at in the video, Shane Beamer uh, and them boys are walking up to the top, the, the nosebleeds of williams Bryce. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's, he's talking to his team. So I'll play the audio from this. And again, you can see the full video on Gamecocks football uh, on Twitter. I want you to understand what we do and then also who we do it for. And y'all saw a lot of stuff happening on this walkover. You saw people out there trimming those trees to make it look great for game day. You see all the construction. You can see the new LED lights and ribbon boards. But imagine you make that walk here, and now you got to climb all those steps to the very top of the upper deck where your head is up against the, the back of the stadium on the last row. People pay money to come watch you guys play and do that. I don't want us to lose sight of the sacrifices that people make to come watch you guys play down there. People pay money to park, to then walk all the way down Bluff Road, to then climb up this ramp and these steps like we just did to watch you play. People park all the way over there on the top of Rosewood Drive, pay, to walk all the way down Rosewood, all the way around the state fair, to then make this climb all the way to the top to watch you guys play and the sacrifices that they make as well. They're gonna come out here, you know how our fans are, they're the best in the country. They'll be out here when we play Georgia State, it's at night, and then they're also gonna do that same walk and that same climb when we play Georgia, the second home game at 12 noon, when it's around 100 degrees out here, and they're gonna sit out here in the sun, we're up here, you're damn near touching the sun, 
for three and a half hours for you. I want to make sure we don't lose sight of what we're doing and who we're doing it for. And so again, I thought, I thought, does that change your that's view like, listen. on Shane Beamer? Because man, I thought that was such a cool message. I, I think that is very cool. I think that is insanely cool. Uh, now, now, sit. I take a little offense to the fact that, that you think I just don't like Shane Beamer at all, right? Because I like him a lot. I didn't like one video they made that I thought was insanely cheesy, but that I think counteracts it very much. Because like to some people that that might be cheesy, but you just hear coaches. Let's be real. It's coach speak, whatever. You hear coaches, you hear players say it from time to time. Listen, we, we, we appreciate the fans, and I think they really do. Like, they, they show that appreciation in a ton of different ways. And, you know, you hear sometimes coaches say, well, we'll try to make it clear to the players uh, that our fans are a big part of this. And when they're in the stands and you're on the field and everyone's going crazy, it's really easy to be like, yeah, we love the fans. Of course, we appreciate them being out yeah. here. But... To have him take time out of whatever they were doing that day to actually physically make that walk and, and like you saw in the video, take pictures of it and whatnot, take videos, and go up to the upper deck of, of the stadium, that was really cool. Like I think that brings it to a whole new level. Because when you just tell someone something, that's one thing. But when you're physically doing something to, to maybe... Cut, uh, bring an example or something like that yeah. and really make it mean something, I think that that's that's very cool, without a doubt. So also, I think it kind of counteracts the other video that I don't like so all much. All right, perfect. So he's back yeah. to neutral for PJ. Uh, for sure. I think one of my favorite parts, though, from the production standpoint, was they, like, it's not the exact song, but it's pretty damn similar. They grab, <laughs> like, the TikTok slash Instagram reel music that you put under movie scenes to make them feel even more dramatic. Yeah. It's the same generic damn song that's always turned up way too loud yeah. and like as they're clipping through the movie scene they just put that in they're like okay in case this isn't emotional enough heartfelt enough we got we got to put like the friday night lights like yep that's exactly what i was gonna say is like it's yep like you got you got to get the feels to it it's not so, the same instrumental but they yeah. tried their best I, re I respected the the production quality there let's take a break we'll come back get you ready for three and out next right here on espn radio how many grown men are crying in the car right now? <laughs> this segment means that much more now. Like, we can talk about anything, and it could be just, like, a straight from the heart. Just, man, just the most meaningful thing you've heard all day. You gotta find each other. You just gotta, you gotta get out because there. Because you need each other. Wait, listen, now, we know you're <laughs> riding back to work from your late lunch break. Just know that the rest of the day, till 5 o'clock when you punch out, maybe you're working late, maybe you gotta work till... 5.30. Just rally around each other, you know? It's Friday. We're going on the weekend. I want you to look the guy in the, the red light next to you in the eyes. <laughs> Just know. You, you need each other. You got each other for the next two, maybe two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. And then you'll see each other out. On Monday. Out and about. Maybe later tonight. Having a good time. And know. You'll know. You got there. Only because you stuck it out. And you just you never know when you never know when Tim McGraw is gonna come up and, and put a ring on your finger. That's so true. You just never know. That right, has such we, a dip, weird meaning. Can we say when it's not on a football field? As we have 15 seconds left here, I'm just gonna put it out there. Mike Winch will put it all on the line for us. And I, I appreciate him forever. Sure. Yeah. Three and outs coming up next. We'll be back on Monday. We hope you enjoy your weekend. Sorry it ended on the solemn note, but find each other. 
That's it. Because you need each other. Get out there.